Good evening, everybody. <clears throat> it is Monday, October 10th, 2011, 10-10-11. It's a binary day, and I will be calling Jake to check on his status. Hello. What's happening? Happy binary day. Happy what? Uh, it, it's a binary date. People are excited. 10-10-11? Yeah, 10-10-11. Mm. These are two thousand in there. That's gonna that's gonna basically make that never happen again, right? Until the year ten thousand. In the year ten thousand, I think that people are kind of desperate for random holidays to celebrate. Yeah, like there was the whole May the Fourth be with you, which I still think is kind of dumb. No, I think it's cute. Got Pi Day on three fourteen. Mm. And a lot of them depend on putting dates in the order that we put them in in the states, mm-hmm. instead of having them in order by by size or by order of magnitude or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, by 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 magnitude of unit. Right. Speaking of so magnitude you're of unit, in the front of the line when uh, things are ordered by magnitude of unit. Mm. I don't know if I just implied that you have a large or a small penis by saying that. How you been, Mister Scullard? I would say I have Schrodinger's penis. Until you see it, and you will see it, it could be small or large. What's shaking? Anyway. How you been? It was a good week. Um, Although uh, the wife threw her back out on Wednesday. With the the back water? Yep. She threw her bath out with the baby water. Which I was glad she threw the baby water out, because that was kind of gross. But, uh, yeah. No, so we, uh, we had a midnight trip to the ER and uh, lots of painkillers and muscle relaxants for her. None for me, which was kind of sad. Like, I have to put up with it, too. But uh, other than that, <clears throat> been kind of cranking along. We had a uh, apple cider party at our house. Where, a bunch where of you people, all drank a lot of vinegar? A bunch of people came and uh, a bunch of fruit flies came and drowned in apple cider vinegar. So that cool. was good. Yeah, it's been 80 degrees, though. This was supposed to be like a warm cider drinking out of mugs and, you know, huddled inside against the cold. But instead, it was more of a, like, outside on the patio drinking ice-cold cider and sweating our balls off. Hmm. So, you know, global warming for the win. Is that... Is drinking cider, like... Is that an interesting enough thing to have a party about? It's like the the fall party. Somebody else oh. has a Halloween party and somebody else has a pumpkin carving party. So, like, we go to the apple orchard and pick a bunch of apples and make pies and gin out of them and buy some cider f- fresh from the orchard and have people over. I think it's, a, it's a decent cider. excuse. You don't have a cider press that you make your own cider with? No, because then I could run in and go, stop the presses! We have plenty of cider. Yeah, you could. You could do it on the cider house. Yeah. I, I want to build one, but I w- I'm not sure it would be awesome enough. Yeah. You're not sure if, uh, you're not sure if you would uh, be within the tolerances of all of the city ordinances about, about how, how your cider house has to be built. Exactly. Uh, what else? Yeah, what else? What have you been doing? Um, I volunteered at Oktoberfest again, again, uh, for the manyth year in a row. It seems uh, like you don't you tend to not enjoy that, but you tend to volunteer anyway. I don't or do you? I don't 
not enjoy it. Uh, I mean, it's it, it is what it is, right? It's it, it's it's helping a buddy of mine out because he needs help. I mean, I, I I could always not do it if I was really dreading it. Um, so this, this is- year we didn't get the. Not, not. I wasn't feeling particularly well, so I don't know that I would have uh, had a whole shit ton of free beer, even if a whole shit ton of free beer had been available to us. But we pretty much ran completely out of beer right at last call for the attendees of the thing. So at the um, exact wrong place to run out when you're working the booth, but the right place to run out if you're the guy who runs the booth? Yeah, which, you know, a lot of people were complaining, and I was like, well, you know, from the, from, it, it was actually a little bit early, right? So, because I was thinking, like, well, from an efficiency standpoint, like, this makes me pretty happy, because this is, like, this is exactly, ha- like, nobody has to throw away any beer as a result of this happening, right? Um, but there were a lot of people in the last, like, 10, 15 minutes that came up and were like, hey, I got some tickets, can I have some beer? And we were like, no. Ha. Uh, which sucked for them, I guess, because they couldn't have their Budweiser. Was it? Were you serving Budweiser at the Oktoberfest? That seems. Yeah, there's always Budweiser, and that's always the most popular thing. And that was so. Get this, this year. Uh, so th- this is one of those complicated things where you stand in line to buy tickets, and then you stand in line to trade your tickets for beers. Hmm. Uh, Budweiser was three tickets. A Bud Light was five tickets. And the, uh, you know, there was like a Bex and a Bex Oktoberfest and what else did they have? They had Lef um, on tap, which was unusual and almost nobody drank any of it. Uh, A guy came up and was like, wow, Bud's only three tickets, huh? You know what? I can't do it. I'll take a Bud Light. Wow. This was like a biker guy. No, maybe not a biker guy. A biker looking guy. Guy who looked like... uh, you know, just like a fat middle-aged dude with short cropped gray hair wearing like a leather vest and he had tattoos on his arms. Uh-huh. Uh, Bud Light. Buying a fucking Bud Light for more than a Budweiser cost. So paying more and, money for less alcohol. Yeah, more money for less alcohol. And I, I, it, it boggles my mind. It continues to boggle my mind. The, there are those, when we brought this up last time, that suggested that it was just advertising. That it was that the public is extremely susceptible to advertising and Budweiser has decided to convince them to drink Bud Light. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Like, why does Budweiser want them to drink Bud Light? Right. Like, these guys, I feel like, would not... Maybe they would drink a Diet Coke. I don't know. I don't know anything about anybody anymore, Mr. Skullhead. I don't understand. But you're thinking that maybe... They wouldn't drink a Diet Coke, but they insist on drinking Bud Light. Yeah, I I can imagine the guy who wouldn't drink a Diet Coke because, I mean, this is not a guy on a fucking diet. This is like a fat dude, right? right? So this is either like, and I don't think this is even the kind of guy who's going to like pretend that he's a, this does not seem to be a, I'll get to the gym any day now. This seems to be a fuck you guy, right? Right. Like, and I, uh, man, the... There were several times, like at any point where there was a line of people uh, out the out the door of this tent. Didn't actually have a door, but you know what I mean. Yeah. We could not pour out of a single tap of Budweiser and a single tap of Bud Light beer fast enough to keep up with the demand for it. Like a tap constantly running, us like tag teaming the tap to pop cups into it without shutting it off between cups. And 
just the bud and the bud light were going out the door faster than faster than we can handle it. And this is this is ostensibly this is an Oktoberfest. This is ostensibly a, a thing that is about good beer or at least German beer, at least exotic beer, you know? Right. I guess Budweiser's Belgium. Belgian at this point. Uh yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Some years we're able to like, oh man, we got to get ready for this rush at the end and we fill up hundreds of glasses of beer and then after the thing closes it's like, well, I guess we got to get rid of this beer somehow. We could pour it out or we could drink it. Um, yeah. But we didn't get to do that this year because we sold it all to the people. You know, which is which is fine. I had a It is hard to for- say like, damn it, this went the way that it was supposed to go instead of the way that breaks in our favor. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, you know, it's it's impossible to be it's impossible to be upset about it. Plus, like I said, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had any of that beer anyway. I don't think. So I, I was convinced yesterday that I was coming down with something. Um, I woke up to this morning feeling pretty okay. Had a productive day. I got some work done on various things. Um, I got some appointments made. I got some got some phone meetings dealt with. Got some hmm. things scheduled. Did some business. You had some, some meetings to schedule meetings. I got a I got an email from uh, Netflix that broke my heart, Mr. Scullhead. What happened there? Uh, Netflix uh, just backed out on the whole Quickster thing. Yeah, as I said, the uh, it's good to know that protest can accomplish something as long as it's something that is absolutely meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> It makes me sad that Netflix, I mean, what this indicates to me is that Netflix, which is a company that has been remarkably successful at doing something really awesome that everybody loves, uh, is now no longer allowed to make decisions about how to run their business. Like, they are just slaves to popular opinion, which means that their, their company is now being run by idiots. See, I don't, I don't believe that. I think they made a terrible call that was pretty much universally reviled, and so they're like, well, the, the price increase they had to do, ostensibly to keep in business, but the name change was a marketing gambit that got so much ill will by the time they had, you know, before they had even rolled it out. And I not, don't think, I don't from, think that the game not change just was from a their marketing users gambit. Either. Say again, and not just from their users either. I don't think they're <laughs> run by popular opinion. They're run by like if everybody in the world says this is a shitty idea, you know, maybe five of them are right. I never heard any real reason why what they were doing was a bad idea. I mean, it seemed like it seemed to me that what was going on was they were trying to split that business up so they could stop doing DVDs in the mail. And so that somebody else who wanted to do that particular business could do it if they wanted to by buying that section of Netflix's business and Netflix could stay in the streaming business. Right. But now they're they, they just they've been cut off at the knees like they cannot ditch that part of their model if they want to, because it's pretty clear that they do want to. It's pretty clear that the people who are in charge of that are like, yeah, fuck this DVD bullshit. I'd really like to stop doing this. But like they can't. They tried to spin it off and everybody was like, no, 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 no. And so they've just decided that the ill will generated by people who decided that this was a bad idea, even though it had no impact on them, right? And felt like they should complain about it a lot. Like, 
Nobody came to their defense because the kind of person that was going to come to their defense is not the kind of person that's going to bother spending their time in a pissing match like that in public. Right? I don't see people saying that it was a, like, I don't, I don't really understand your uh, ire here. I don't really understand where the, the animus is coming from. Like, it was a, it was a business idea that was a terrible idea. To split their company in half, add a layer of obfuscation for people who are trying to use both of their companies, and give one half of it a retarded name. I mean, just I observing mean, that that's a retarded name is not really a debatable thing. Like, that that was a stupid name for a company in the 2011s to have. Okay, but I mean, there's plenty of companies with stupid names, and saying that this company has a stupid name is not a reason to not do what. Like the fact that everybody thinks Quickster is a stupid name is not a reason for them to be stuck in a business that they don't want to be in anymore. Right, but Quickster like, is a stupid name in a very particular way. It's stupid okay. because it harkens back to ten years ago. But internet. Quickster, Quickster being a stupid name is not important. Quickster being a stupid name is not a reason for anyone to make any decisions about anything, is the argument that I would make. It's maybe an argument to make the decision to not call the company that, if that's what, how if that's how you insist on doing your business. It was just, a, it's an easy pile-on point to say, you know, not only have you had this public relations problem where you raised your prices in a way that pissed people off, and maybe you could have handled that a bit better. But now you're saying we're going to make this fundamental change to the business, not be very clear on why. And to the customer, it just looks like you're adding a layer of difficulty to using the service as it is now. But I don't think that there are that many customers using both of those services at this point. I mean, I think I know that was because you think that everything that you do, everybody else is doing. No, I really don't think that there are that many people using both of the services. Like everyone I know uses one or the other. I use both. And uh, okay, all right. Uh, I guess that's that's a, a point of data. I mean, I, like, yeah, I don't know, man. It 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 upsets me because like now just a shitload of money and effort has been wasted, right? They said, hey, we're going to do this thing, and then now they're like, oh, we're not actually going to do this thing. And I don't think that anybody at Netflix decided that it was a bad idea, and I don't think that anybody at Netflix realized that it was a bad idea. I think that it just became such a publicity shitstorm because of people complaining about nothing that... But obviously there was something... I don't think that that's true. I don't think that people complaining means that there is a problem. From your and point, I don't think you believe that either. No, but you don't think that it was anything worth complaining about. Ergo, nobody complaining was complaining about anything worth complaining about. That's circular. There was something worth complaining about because people were complaining about it. And I, you know, I was... I'm with the people who are complaining about it. It was a if they were trying to split the business in a reasonable way, that was a rock stupid way to go about it. Okay, so what is a way for them to split the business without splitting the business? Which is what you, which is what you want. You want nothing to change. The thing that people were complaining about was change. No, they were complaining about stupid change for no reason that was clearly expressed. <clears throat> when, as a customer, when I hear that a business is changing, I want to hear how that change is going to make it a better experience for me. And it was 
just transparently obvious from the beginning of this whole thing that this change was not about bringing the customers anything good. Like they threw in the we'll be renting video games as kind of a sop, but the the vast majority of the message they were putting across is we are doing this for our own reasons. Sorry if you've reviewed like a hundred thousand movies on Netflix. They're now going to be on Quickster, and that you know that shit is going away. So you have to redo all of your favorites, redo all of your reviews, and like the way that you've been using the site just goes away. That is a shitty thing to do to your customers, and if you're not putting across any benefit to the customer, it's a shitty idea. I mean, do you believe that Netflix makes decisions based on what will provide the worst experience to their customers? Like, do you, like from the position that you are in and from the position that we are in, are you seriously that mistrustful of the decisions that they're going to make standing where they're standing and knowing where they are? I believe I mean, that this, with everything I believe that, that I know this, about Netflix leads me to believe that they are they are reasonable in the way that they go about things, right? I mean, it's uh, no, I like as a general rule, I would believe that they want. I mean, they want to make as much money as they can, and part of that involves keeping their customers happy. But with this particular change and the way that they telegraphed it and the the message that was out there. It really was, we are doing this because it's better for us, and fuck you guys if you don't like it. And that's how people, that's what people reacted to. Like, you know, we'd really rather not have to sign up for another thing and have another statement on the credit card and have another set of logins and have, you know, these two experiences separate instead of their, you know, the way that they're functioning now. So let us, and they're like, well, fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> Let us imagine that the DVDs by mail segment of Netflix has become unprofitable for them. Do you think that the right thing to have happen is for them to make an unpopular with their customers decision that results in that service continuing to exist 10 years from now? Or do you think it is for them to be unable to make any changes because any changes will be unpopular and go out of business. When they like, have which one more, when they have a better streaming catalog, will be the time to split that business. If they want to get out of the net of the DVD by mail business, that's an option that's available to them. Just not in that retarded way where we make this cryptic announcement that half of your Netflix account is going to be on a new site with a retarded name and if you don't like it, fuck you. And people I, I reacted mean, to that poorly. Like, I'm not in some weird this is, minority this is, this here. Is the, people this is the, the problem site. that I have, right? This is this, there is this, it, it has to be some kind of instinct in a crowd of people to react to things like this. If if Netflix streaming and Netflix's DVDs had been two separate services to begin with, no one would be complaining about this. If the queen right? had had balls, she would have been the king. <clears throat> Public opinion is stopping potential improvements from occurring, and that is what upsets me about this. I don't think that that's what's happening at all. I think it's... So you think that suddenly decision Netflix that was, is stupid? You think that suddenly no, the I think they made a stupid decision. Are, are wrong. They made a stupid decision. Yes. Every okay. you did not see a single commentator or business analyst or anybody in the world saying, "By God, what a clever thing they've done." I did. 
Really? Was they it just you? weren't talking very loud. <laughs> was it you and and ZachJohnson.com? Or... I saw okay. no, oh, no positive okay. feedback you're right. I didn't actually see any, you're right it was 100% of everyone on earth knew what the people who fucking run Netflix didn't know because they're stupid and boy if everybody else was just in charge of Netflix instead of the people who I'm not built saying it they're from stupid the I said they made, all the decisions, they made a stupid then, decision damn everything would be a lot better I'm not saying they're stupid I'm saying they made a stupid decision and if nothing else if it was a great idea to call it Quickster if it was a great idea to split the site and make people, <clears throat> make your customers jump through extra hoops, even if those two things are great ideas, the way that they sold it and the backlash that ensued demonstrates that it was a stupid decision. Part of, I the, don't, part of the way you make smart business decisions is I don't not pissing off your customers. Public reaction to an idea has any bearing on whether the idea is any good or not. Right. You can say that this is an idea. This is a good idea that has negative PR consequences, but that is different than saying that it is a bad idea. Can you can you? It has negative PR consequences with no discernible benefit. So, yes, it's a terrible idea. If they have (laughs) if they had some long range plan, that would have been the time to, to pull it out and say, no, the reason that we're doing this is we want. You know, we're, we would like to find somebody else to take over this part of the business or we're, you know, but all they did so, was say, we're going to make this more complicated for you. So there's that. So Twilight Heroes, Ross wants to move away from being the guy that's in charge of Twilight Heroes because he doesn't have time to do it anymore. He decided that this was the, the right thing to do, Right. And made an announcement saying what his plans were, which is to find somebody else to take over it. That dropped his income to zero for Twilight Heroes because it created a panic, right? So, like, what bothers me about the situation with Netflix and what I think, like, this is a situation that I think that you are describing in in a way that means that we understand it in the same way, but you don't see this as a bad thing, right? They are doing something that they know is a bad idea because the public is too upset about them doing what they know is a good idea. And y- your, your argument, I think, is that the public being upset about it, their customers being upset about it, means that it is a bad idea. And I think this is kind of like that. But the, I think the, you're, you're like also... The men in, it's like the men in black speech, right? Where it's like, yes, you can trust a person to understand this, and you can you can reason with one customer, right? You can reason with a person and say, like, look, this is why we're this is why we're doing this. This is our plan. We we want to get out of the DVDs by mail business, and so we are making it so we can do that. We are making it so the DVDs by mail thing is a thing that we can sell to someone else and not have to worry about getting the experience split across where you have this one account that is now dealing with things that are handled by two separate entities. But you can't tell them that because it would start a panic that would put you out of business even faster than the expense of dealing with physical media are going to put you out of business. But that is an, which is a, that is an assumption. A graph that is headed in a particular direction. But you're, there are so many assumptions in there that because Netflix has been in this business for a long time, they know what is best for the company at that particular move, which they've never faced that before. Maybe they don't. 
that because they're a successful company, they're incapable of making a bad decision. That doesn't make any sense either. That there's only one way out of this dilemma, and it's the way that they've chosen. That's a, Those are all assumptions that don't necessarily hold up. And when you get to something like, your experience right now is going to get way more complicated... We're not going to tell you anything about our future plans. They didn't say that they were looking to sell the business or that this was part of their plan or anything. So I think Just, this is what's going to happen. The, part and of politicking here is the notion that the experience is going to get way more complicated, which I think that there is maybe a period of a minute or two where things are confusing and then you get used to the new thing just the same way that you got used to the old thing, right? Like, I don't think that that was actually that big of a deal. The assumptions, the the list of assumptions that you just gave that I am making are based entirely on, on this fact. I trust the guys in charge of Netflix more than I trust the internet public. To, to, to do any number of things, to run a business, right? Because the guys who run Netflix run a business. The internet public thinks they know how to run a fucking business, but they goddamn well don't. So that's one thing that I trust Netflix more than I trust the public on. Uh, second, to, to know what is going on inside Netflix headquarters, which I think is kind of a gimme, right? The, the one thing that I don't, the one thing that I think the internet public is better at than Netflix is better at is fucking complaining about shit for no reason. See, there you go, though. You think that there is not a reason for people to be complaining. I'm saying that there might be a reason for them to complain. There might be a reason for them to complain. What I am saying is the reason they're complaining is not well, the reason. They are complaining because Netflix handled that situation very, very poorly. It, it was a PR nightmare, and if it was a good business decision, they did a shit-poor job of explaining but that it was. The only evidence anybody has to support the idea that it was a bad decision is the complaining. That is the circular thing. They didn't, they didn't do this, and then everybody was like, wow, this fucking sucks. They said, hey, we're thinking about doing this, and everybody pissed and moaned until they got scared and changed their mind because it's like trying to deal with a giant fucking baby. No, providing because, a service to people because I use Netflix. The the I use Netflix in the way that you think nobody does because the only thing you can imagine is people using things the way that you do. No, Therefore, God I damn, have the opposite opinion that you do because the only thing that you can imagine in charge of a fucking company looking at the data about the ways in which people use their service and making a decision about how to make the company function better. That is, that is what I can imagine. That is who I can imagine because that is a guy who has data and the ability and the impetus to make decisions about the way that things are. And what all else he I had in that case was the inability to see what that, what that was going to do to his customer base. But the only thing that it did to his customer base was make it so they complained. Because... Mr. Skull, that's look, the point that I'm making. You don't understand why that would be a pain in the ass for somebody because you don't use the DVD part of Netflix. I have both account. I have both, and that would have been a pain in the ass, and I was gonna put up with it, but it kind of bummed me out that they were doing it. You cannot possibly know that because it didn't happen. You cannot know whether it was a pain in the ass or not because it didn't happen. Dude, they described what they were going to do with it. It wasn't some vague thing. It was. This is. There's going to be a different site with a different login. None of your data is going to transfer over. Sorry. 
but hey, you can rent video video games now. And that was it. Okay. That So yes, I understand exactly what it was going to be like, and I was not looking forward to it. It didn't help that it had a stupid name, which you don't understand is a stupid name, so that doesn't matter. I agree that it is a stupid name, Mr. Skullhead. It, but it is stupid in a very specific way that that makes it that is more stupid than, than the Wii. Anything. The same as any other stupid name is irrelevant to absolutely fucking everything. It is relevant because it is the the semen icing on the shit sandwich. <clears throat> no, I, I, I mean, you trust the guy who runs Netflix to make good decisions, and I usually do. Then he doubled my bill. Then he came out with this bizarre plan to fuck up my customer experience presumably for the company's gain and which motivations were never clearly spelled out or benefit to the customer was never clearly spelled out so I mean like it's weird to me that you would say well all these people are just complaining about nothing like because you don't think it's worth complaining about you say they're <laughs> complaining about nothing as somebody who would have been affected by that change yeah I understand what they're complaining about and I'm glad they were able to change their minds I mean, no. did, did the dudes at Fox know that canceling Firefly was the best decision for their business? Yeah. Do I kind of wish that the public's complaining about it had changed their mind? Sure. Sometimes companies can make decisions that aren't the right decision to make, and public opinion is can be a decent force for change there. And do you honestly think if it were the best thing for them to do for their business, that they wouldn't have just fucking done it anyway? I don't know. I mean, that's that's the question, right? Like, I, I, I don't think that there was new data that arrived that suddenly made it a, a bad decision for them. I think it was just the negative public reaction to the idea of it. And I, the thing that uh, the thing that upsets me about this is not. It, it, I, I get hung up in these arguments about about stuff like this, sort of. Let's pretend that I didn't say that they were complaining about nothing. Let's say that they were complaining about something that was a legitimate concern and a legitimate cause for complaints. I don't think that there is a good way to determine whether or not a complaint is legitimate. And I don't think that magnitude of those complaints in this day and age is a sufficient indicator that those complaints are justified. I think it is a it, it is a it is a good indicator that a complaint is like a compelling thing to get behind, right? It, it here here is here is a lot of what's frustrating about this. If this was the right, if the split was the right business move for them, and the split gets canceled because of prevailing negative public sentiment. And if negative public sentiment only prevailed because of the anchoring point of the dumb name, then that makes me deeply, deeply upset about the way that the world works. The I fact, see, that, yeah, the fact sure. that the right thing cannot happen because of the name of it being stupid makes me extremely sad. 
Like it makes me it makes me weep for the movies that we have not seen because they languished in obscurity because they had dumb names that maybe would would move us to tears with how great they are and how irrelevant the title of something is in terms of judging its worth right that makes me sad sure but i don't think that it was because the name was stupid that people jumped on it i think it was one too many we're fucking with this thing that you're using and i think they did a terrible job of communicating how that might benefit everybody down the road or why that was necessary for the business to survive or it is it I mean, is what happened is it it became necessary for the business to survive for them to not make that change their their stock was dropping if that was their best business decision it no longer is and if that's just cuz they fucked up the delivery then i mean that is a lesson to learn when you run a business. Don't fuck up the delivery. I mean, I worry that what happens now is that Netflix goes out of business, and that is exactly what the public deserves for not letting them take the steps that were necessary to stay in business. Right? I mean, I, I, I think that Nobody the, the, is, reactive, yeah, but- the reactive nature of, of the public outcry to things like this makes it so a business cannot say, hey, uh, we're making these changes because we're looking at the numbers and we're kind of fucked if things continue the way that they are because that destroys them that starts a panic that because of the way a publicly traded company is is forced to operate i mean it just it just turns business into politics and it's like this combination of two things that i fucking hate and i don't want netflix to be dealing with these things that i hate i want netflix to be dealing with these things that i love which are movies and technology and i want the the like you know this is probably the way that I feel about this kind of thing is probably just as open to being pissed on by the facts as the way that I felt about video game companies until I read about how all of the video game companies that I admired and that I thought were these great stories until the business guys came in and ruined them. No, the business guys were there from the very beginning. You know, and... I understand that I, we work I, for a I company think, called I think, Kingdom I think of Logan. I feel, I feel the, the sting of this particular thing more than you do in the scope of the creative endeavor that pays our salaries. Sure. Right? You... The number of times that you have to change a joke because people are complaining about it. The number of times that you have to write something different or that you have to get rid of something that you've written, the the number of times that you have to destroy something that you are proud of because of the way that people who don't know what's good for them, who don't necessarily know what's good for them, are talking about it, right? I think that that's a smaller number of instances in the history of this game than the number of instances in which I have had to make compromises in my vision as a result of people pissing and moaning, right? And it makes me sad when things that I think are being done for good reasons have to be compromised because of people pissing and moaning. Because complaining is super fucking easy. 
right? And complaining on the internet is even easier than it was when there was no internet. Complaining with an audience. Complaining and getting something done by complaining about it, right? And I don't think that this is like a power to the people thing, right? Like, I don't think this is a, see, protests can accomplish something. I think that this is just a, like, no, protests can accomplish something as long as that protest is so effortless that you can do it without actually considering what's going to happen as a result of it. You know? I think the the divide here is just that I think they had a point and you didn't. You don't think they have a point. I think there's a lot a lot of the weight of the argument is there. I, no, because and the it, argument that I'm making is that I don't think it matters if they have a point or not. Like the, I think the it's a good that, idea for you know I do get at least secondhand irritation when I watch something that you've designed or that we've all put together get kind of torn apart in dev. And I'm definitely sensitive to the, for Christ's sake, it's either too good or not good enough, and how can we please you sons of bitches? And, but, I am sure that there are plenty of examples where something has been broken, or has been not as good, and has been made better because of, of public complaint in our game. I mean, the reason the Crimbomination exists is public outcry about our game you know so that is that is additive in a way that I think makes it different from from my perspective at least as uh, you know coming at it from a from from the artistry side (sighs) making something good for the complainers is not necessarily making something good for the larger audience. And it is certainly not the same as making something good for the ages. Right. Like, and, and it's, it's scary and it, and it's, it's confusing to, to try and figure out like which way is which. And, 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 it frustrates me. It just it it frustrates me when I, I don't I don't have the words to articulate the way in which this makes me sad. Uh, like I hear what you're saying. Like there are definite parallels you're drawing to our business and the implication, like the things that you've seen in our business, that makes you sad that this is happening to Netflix, right? But I, well, sure. I yeah, but not just not just sure. that. I mean, that's the, like I don't know. You know, I like I have I have this bizarre like sort of split tendency in a, in a lot of ways to like implicitly mistrust any organization. Mm. But if I can manage to think of an organization as the people who founded the organization, if they are still in charge of it, then I'm much more inclined to trust them. Right, like I trust, I trusted Apple more than I trusted the IRS. Mm-hmm. Right, and Apple totally profit driven, like responsible for a lot of bad shit happening. I'm sure. Right, and it, it's it is one of those things where if I knew everything, I would hate everyone. Right, Netflix was one of those companies that I was able to just sort of languish in ignorance, believing like, wow, you know, they they like they came out of nowhere, they started something that is now like this just magical thing that I get to use that I didn't get to use before. And then 
seeing what's happening lately, it's like, all right, well, you know, they're not operating in the same world that they were operating in when they started this stuff. So they're they're having to make these changes, and this is this has got to suck for them, right? Because like, the, looking at their, I don't know, it it it, it ought to make me happy that so many people stopped using Netflix after the price hike, right? Because all I ever want is for people to put their money where their mouth is right. when they're complaining about this shit. You know? Like, don't don't rage quit, but stick around. Right? Like, don't write diatribes on your blog about how, well, fuck this, Diablo 3, the Blizzard has made these decisions that clearly show that they've lost touch with the way that, that people play their games. They're not serving their customers well. They're doing this just to make money, and I'm not going to buy this game. And then, you know, buy the game anyway, right. which is what everyone is going to do. So, you know, it should make me happy that they got in some trouble as a result of that price increase. For whatever reason, I don't think that they were increasing the prices just to make more money. But, you know, maybe they were. Maybe they were slaves to their stockholders before they became slaves to public opinion. <sighs> I don't know. It is possible. You know, they they probably raised the prices because the prices needed to be raised. But the lesson that they're learning right now is that you have to get your message across in a way that engages with the public. And, like, I'm reading an article about Netflix as we talk. And... They were always really good about communicating with people and <clears throat> kind of being out on the, the forefront and getting their message out. And so this has been just kind of bizarre. They're like, abrupt, we're going to raise our prices. No, you can't do anything about it. Sorry. Fuck you. And then a couple of months later, with no fanfare really at all, there's the, hey, we're doing this new website. We're going to split it off and that'll be coming in like a month. So, uh, like, get ready. It seems like they're scrambling, and that's not the face you want to put out to the public. Like, I could see them doing a series of PR moves that would have made that change palatable. But, I mean, Quickster is a is kind of the death... The, like, it's the final nail in the coffin. It's like, it's hard to sell Quickster as a brand. But maybe they could have, like the Wii, like the iPod, like Hulu... But uh, they handled it extremely poorly, and they paid the price for that. And it's that just, is part it, of being a successful business. It is, I think, it is too much to ask to convince the public at large that long-term improvements are worth short-term sacrifices. Right, like that is a that is a hard pill to swallow, even for most individuals. And like your ability to swallow that pill at age two is a significant predictor of success in life. Right, I mean, yeah. and so, like, I think that successful companies just a, a, a free market will tend to select for companies that have reasonable long term vision, right? Like the ability to delay gratification, right? The ability to make these decisions that might be unpopular because they are what is necessary to stick around as a company. Mm. You know, I mean, I guess new Coke, right? Like this, this may be, this may be shades of new Coke. Yeah. But new Coke at least was produced and gauged by people, by customers to be an inferior product. Except that, in blind taste tests, they liked it better. Well, sure. It was entirely I mean, a marketing thing. 
the somebody messing with Coke pissed people off in a way that it didn't really matter what it tasted like. When it was in the new Coke can, they thought it was shitty, and when it was a blind taste test, they preferred it. So that's, I mean, that is kind of a, a telling thing, that that's the importance of perception if you're going to be successful in a business. Right, and I guess it makes me sad that that is a thing that potentially stops innovation from happening. You know, I mean, that like... I don't know. The, the the business that they're in would have seemed like an impossible nut to crack 10 years ago before somebody cracked it, right? And I mean, I think maybe what needs to happen is that Netflix needs to go away and something else needs to come in and provide the service that is necessary to provide today sustainably and in order to give customers the best possible experience, but without the baggage of of habituation paralyzing your ability to to make any changes to the way that you operate you know and i i think their timing's off though it's i think that they've shown that there are enough people who are using their dvd service that it's not a good idea to try and get rid of it especially not in kind of a like, I think they thought they could just toss that aside, and it turns out that a lot of people were enjoying it and don't want to see it tossed aside. But they should, I think they should have known that, right? Right, but, I mean, I think that making this decision that allows them to sell it to somebody else so that it can continue to exist as a service is, is better than just having to can it, right? I don't, I mean, I don't think it's come down to that, or I think they would have made the split anyway. The fact yeah. that they that they did bend to popular pressure tells me that they can. And it's a, I'm speculating, and you're you're speculating. Yeah, I we're, mean, you know, speculums. I guess if their if their stock was going down, I mean, maybe it's a, it's I I don't envy a company that is that is in a position where they're like, all right, so we're in financial trouble, but we know exactly what we need to do to fix it. And one of the things that we need to do in order to fix this is not make a public announcement that we're in financial trouble and start a panic that will put us under right now. Right. Right? I mean, because that's not serving anybody. That that just means that everybody at Netflix loses their jobs and everybody who's a Netflix subscriber loses a service that they like. So what you could do is there's a new exciting thing that's coming to Netflix that's going to be, you know, Mailflix or, you know, some non-retarded name. We're going to make it so you can, if you're into getting DVDs by mail, we've enhanced the service and we've made it so that the algorithms work better and we're, since we're not tied to the streaming site anymore, we can do all these other things for you and we can do a separate mobile app so you can manage your DVD queue, which you can't do in our app right now. And hey guys, it's going to be great. But but, but it, it is possible. It was, it, fuck you. You know they, they didn't imagine, even try to come up with something. a situation where there is no way to improve the short-term experience for the end user. Right? There is there is the 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 thing for you to do that makes it so your business is sustainable is a a, a short-term austerity measure that results in the continued existence of the company. Right? You are not going to be able to get people to swallow that. No matter how you dress it up, you're not going to get people to swallow it. But you can. It is your job as the person who's marketing for Netflix to figure out how to sugarcoat that pill. But and then it just makes you look like CEO. a liar, is the thing. Like I, 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 Trying to 
trying to, you know, sh- sugarcoating a turd is, I think, worse than just like saying, hey, here's this turd. Sorry. <laughs> well, they did that you know? and everybody went, I don't want to eat the shit sandwich. And then they went, okay, sorry, you don't have to. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I mean, it sucks that part of running a business is your customers have to be satisfied. And, you know, it would be great if everybody understood that in our business that what we're doing is for the best and would trust us to do it. And it stings when we do something that we really like and popular opinion is against it. But at the same time, I think that's just a reality of doing a business that has customers. Yeah, but it's, you know, there's a lot of things about reality that fucking suck. Right. You know, so that doesn't that doesn't like doesn't justify it in any cosmological context. <laughs> Reality uh, fucking sucks, ladies and gentlemen. Quickster, you want to take a early music break and then uh, get uh, get the 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 KOL questions section of this show all in one chunk and talk about well yeah well we'll come back and we'll talk about anything else. All right, see you in a little bit, guys, and we're back, stir. Cool, stir. Wait, I have to turn you up a little bit. There we go. Turn me up a little bit. Turn me on a little bit. Oh, no, I suddenly... It is It is weird how whenever you make any changes to the Skype settings, there will be like half a second where I can hear myself echoing back towards myself. And it makes me think it's adjusting for that somehow. Like it knows. Huh. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck, bro. Uh, hey, let's get into this questions thread. Somebody was asking, uh, somebody asked on the Twitter or on the forums if it was possible to like mark the point in the show at which we start answering game questions. <laughs> and I don't know that I've ever seen uh, a way of marking an MP3 like that. Hmm. Like, do you know of anything that would do that? It's not like an audiobook, you can't divide it into chapters. Right. <clears throat> Plus, that's just you guys got to tolerate. You guys got to tolerate our arguments about stuff. We yeah. don't get enough questions to fill up two hours of show, and so we got to do something with that other hour. We catch up and yell at each other about business. Yeah, the uh, the businessman who runs a successful business and the guy who has a lot of opinions. Yeah. <laughs> which one of us is which? You know, sit and argue. May they never. Blackikaja uh, says, uh, "Oh man." Somebody edited what? Bet Noir edited out. Oh, man, Bet Noir hates it when people use the word fag. Uh. Um. Anyway, apologies for my new fagness, he said. But now it's newbiness. Uh, pressing issue of the week. I miss being a hurdy gurdy hooligan and/or reindeer threatener. Can there be a checkbox to alternate between the old silly ranks and the generic class names? I'm sure all serious ascenders would welcome this completely optimal change. We are the 99%. Uh, so that those didn't go away. They're just on the. Uh, I'm going to tell you why I I changed that when I redid the tutorial, and I'm going to tell you why. I got nervous that a new player who was unfamiliar with the tropes of KOL, random words being everywhere, would create the character, see the character pane, and say, wait a minute, I want it to be an X instead of whatever the name of the level one title for the thing is. Because 
a, a, a new player does not know, he does not remember after he chooses Seal Clubber the names of all of the other classes. So he's like, oh, I didn't want to be a, I didn't want to be a reindeer threatener. I wanted to be a Seal Clubber or whatever the level one thing was. I also, while those things are funny, I did not think that they were funny enough or important enough to be on the screen every minute of every hour that you spend playing the game. Right. And so I just put the class in place of where those were. They didn't go away. They're still there. You can still see them. When when you level up, you can go back to your character sheet and get some sweet new content. The 99%. <sighs> yeah, we won't be talking about that. No, we won't. We won't. It's It's tricky, you know, dealing with a, a public who is largely silent about things, right? You never know whether the fact that people are whining about things on the forums means that you should change something or the fact that people are whining about things on the forums just means that there are forums. Uh-huh. Um, always the latter, sometimes the former. Uh, Erich says, why did you add a fullness counter? Because I begrudgingly admitted even years ago that people were right, that there was no good reason for there not to be one. Um, and I figured out a way that satisfied me to do it, which was just to put a warning on it that said not funny, which ironically made several people think it was funny. So whatever, you know, my sensibilities as a game designer have changed over years and video games have changed over the years. Like KOL has existed long enough that the things that are video games are fundamentally different than they were when KOL was first created. And certain things that I got into the habit of sticking to my guns on years ago were not necessarily worth sticking to my guns on. I ran into these people, uh, this whole table full of people who described similar experiences in their mid-twenties where they had like suddenly started eating meat again after like 10 years. Huh. Or maybe late-twenties, where they were all like, I, I just started thinking about, like, why am I doing this? And the reasons that I had for becoming vegetarian in the first place just didn't seem like that big of a deal anymore. And so I was just like, eh, I'm just going to reevaluate this deeply held belief for the current set of circumstances and see if it holds up. And in their cases, it didn't necessarily. In their cases, they were like, you know, I could probably eat a little bit of meat every once in a while and everything would be great. Yeah, I was surprised that the guy who initially made me hate vegans is no longer one. But, I mean, it turns out something you decide to do when you're 16 and you feel really strongly about and you just tell the whole world that this is the only way to be. Eh. In, yeah. his, in his case, he had a family to feed and could no longer afford to feed them a vegan diet that was healthy. So, yeah. 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 Uh. That's a weird. That's a weird thing. Uh, what was I going to say? I had a. I had a funny thing to say. Probably wasn't funny. That's why I forgot about it. Um, yeah. Then Deadnet. It's it's immediately the inch mile stuff. I don't suppose you consider adding some sort of size parameter to the delicious food and booze in the kingdom. You know, I, I would not be like. <laughs> it is. It is the idea of a game where. I'm torn on how I feel about a lot of these things, right? Because things that are not... I don't know if it is interesting to 
discover or to seek out or to actively work to figure out how much drunkenness a given booze item is going to give you, right? Or or how much fullness, especially in the case of fullness, like how much fullness one of these things is going to take up, right? Uh, and it's information that is publicly available and whether or not the game should obfuscate information from you, I think the right way to make that decision is whether or not obfuscating that information creates a situation that is more fun for you because it is a game's job to be fun. So I don't know. You know, eventually there is a bunch of, there, there is so much information available about a game with complicated enough systems that it could fill up every inch of screen real estate with numbers that most people don't care about. And that's the point at which like, okay, clearly displaying this information is making things less fun for the people who run away from the game in disgust and never get to actually play it. Right. <clears throat> Talk about the stomping box bug, says Blister Guy. Also in that thread, people were talking about wanting small slash large boxes to work the way chewing gum on a string works, making sure you have one of each before giving duplicates. What do you think about that idea? I think the right way to deal with the small and large boxes problem is to burn the gates and the tower to the ground. I guess it's the gates, right? Right. Burn the Naughty Sorcerer's Quest to the ground. Burn it. We had good discussions at the last meeting about uh, the McLarge Huge quest. As soon as we're done with the Halloween thing that you guys are going to be totes excited about, uh, my plan is to dig into the McLarge Huge revamp, which I don't think is going to take that long. That, those are famous last words. I think I said the same thing in January. Although I think we've come up with some, some things that are going to make radical differences to the way that it plays, but that aren't huge tweaks. It seems yeah. like the th the things that we're talking about, I think, are small but effective changes. Kind of. Yeah, I don't know that it's that radical, but maybe you're right. And you it'll play make the it thing play, a lot more than yeah. I do, so it'll make it play differently. I think out of proportion to the amount of change that there actually is. Is all. Yeah, that's probably true. And we're I think we I think we are uh, both going to utter a little bit of a sigh of relief at just changing the lead trapezoid to something else, <laughs> right? Um Yeah, cuz that didn't make a lot of sense then. <laughs> it makes even less sense now. MD John the Trapper. Yeah. Wait, I thought it was Mad John. I don't know. I just wanted Trapper John MD cuz I'm all about the really current, up-to-date references. Oh, right. Well, I mean, that, you know, that... I, I don't think that Trapper John MD is appreciably more out-of-date now than it was eight years ago. <laughs> all right. But, you know. Yeah, so the Stompbox bug, I, uh, I explained that in that forum thread. So, so what happened, for those of you who didn't read this, or just, who just want to hear me talk about it in my, in my sweet, sweet voice... <laughs> Uh, somebody discovered that if you had multiple stomp boxes, which were the piece of familiar gear for the boots, uh, that you got a multi-use link on them. And when you hit that multi-use link, it described you. Uh, it described the process of you opening a chest and having some daily dungeon or uh, dungeons of doom potions come out of it. Uh, <laughs> And what it said was, you open the chest, period, ES, period, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then gave you, gave you those potions, even though what you were opening was not a chest. Uh, it was functionality that was similar to another item that was referred to as a box, which led some people, and I, 
uh, I have a hard time following this line of reasoning led some people to believe that this was a hidden Easter egg that we had deliberately put in uh, in an effort to make both that familiar and the clip art tome more powerful. Uh, because suddenly you could use one of your clip art tome summons to get a small box if you had a stomping boots uh, familiar. Because you'd use the familiar jacks to get the thing. Um, I don't... That is not a thing that we would do. <laughs> uh, the reason that that happened is because when we were working on Bees Hate You, uh, we came to the conclusion that, like, these gates are going to be a giant pain in the ass because a lot of these things randomly have bees in them. That And, and uh, rather than coding exception cases for all of them, which we were likely to forget about some and create weird, like, RNG swinginess and how difficult it was for you to get certain ones out of the subset or whatever, I don't know exactly. I was like, all right, well... For the Dungeons of Doom potions, at least, let's just make a large box and a small box that don't be bees in the name. That was also before we ran into so many of those that we were like, you know, the important ones, we just are going to have to let them beat you up so that we don't have to just do all kinds of extra coding uh, to get around that thing that was a throwaway joke that turned into a pretty fun and compelling mechanic about the thing. Yeah. Uh, so I made these large and small chests. We didn't end up using them because we just replaced the gates with something else. Awesome experiment, because it proves that we can just totally get rid of the gates, and it won't break the game. It'll just make everything awesome. Uh, I did what I sometimes do, which was to change the name of that item in the database to reuse me in brackets, so that we don't end up with this just legacy item in there. We can just use that item ID slot for something else. What I didn't know is that putting another kind of item in there but leaving the is multi-usable box checked would actually continue to give you a multi-use link hmm. on items that weren't individually usable. Um, it was almost the case, I have to imagine, based on how this worked. If we had added one more item in the intervening time, it would have been the case that this was a hidden Easter egg that you would get whereby you could destroy two of the stomping boot larva <laughs> in exchange for like eight Dungeons of Doom potions which I can't imagine a lot of people saying oh man that totally makes a ton of sense you should leave that in because it's awesome uh, I can imagine a bunch of people saying what the fuck <laughs> give me my fairy boots back um, yeah anyway I don't think we need to fix the boxes. I think we need to fix the gates. And I don't think that there is any merit, no matter how you frame your argument, to having left that bug in place in the first place. Because it's like, oh, this is like a small box, but you have to have two of them in order to get the... Well, I mean, you can URL inject to multi-use just one of them, I guess, if you want. That seems like a cool feature. Right. It's like a reward for people solving a crazy puzzle. Anyway. Wack asks how loud the bitching was for a fullness counter. I never saw any... It is just a thing that got asked hundreds of times over many years. You know, it wasn't like loud. There wasn't like a there wasn't like an Occupy Wall Street gang outside the office saying we the ninety nine percent demand fullness counters. It wasn't really uh, acrimonious. No, yeah, it was, it was just, just people asking, people asking, people asking, and us saying. Uh, how's the development process for the Halloween event thing going? Man, I filled my whiteboard with structure stuff today, and I'm hoping to get the thing that we are working on into testing on dev tomorrow, lists of the rest of the writing that needs to be done on it, and get it launched uh, in uh, plenty of time for people to have plenty of time to enjoy it. 
So uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it's going. I think it's going pretty good. I think it's going pretty good. I saw uh, Hot Stuff uh, writing some numbers down on a sheet of paper uh, folded into quarters. Um, so that'll be some cool numbers. He said, you're not going to like these numbers, man, huh. as I left to come to the podcast. So I'm assuming that some of them are not divisible by five. Uh, underscore Waz says, as somebody that doesn't listen to the podcast or read any of the transcripts, how helpful is it for me to ask questions? And as a follow-up, Brewers, huh? Uh, I don't listen to hip-hop. The Dog Delusion says, Hey, guys. I know the raffle house is really just a meat sink, but I was wondering if there are any plans or thoughts or adding a separate raffle that limits ticket purchases to one per customer. I want to participate in the raffle, but I don't have enough meat to buy the thousands of tickets required to actually have a shot at winning. I just think it'd be fun to play once in a while and see if I can get anything cool as a result. I would argue that you can do that in the existing raffle house. Uh, You do have a shot at winning if you buy a single ticket. Yeah, it happens. It happens surprisingly often. Somebody wins with a single ticket. Because the thing is, like, you, if you buy ten thousand tickets, you're probably going to win one of the prizes. But you're only going to win one of the prizes, and then those ten thousand tickets are taken out of the pool of available tickets, right? So you like, you don't have to put the most. You know, you don't have to have the most tickets. You just have to not have the least tickets. Uh, it's <laughs> it, the the way the way that the economy of that thing works is interesting and I think fairly effective in occasionally like hooking somebody up who who took a chance. You know, there are lots of stories about people who buy a ticket or two tickets or three tickets or five tickets a day and eventually win and you know, are able to either get the awesome thing that they were hoping to win or sell the thing that they won in the mall for enough money to cover all of the the tickets that they bought. Um, also, the Raffle House is not just a meat sink, right? I mean, I guess it was it, it was maybe conceived as a meat sink, but a meat sink is only as effective as it is fun. And so, you know, now it's it's also a cool Raffle House. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, I know that you talked, he says, about the tiny plastic sword and that you wanted to remain rare and or in high demand. However, I was wondering if at some point you might implement some method of attaining these or other discontinued items once again. Making it exceedingly hard to get but still obtainable would put a few more into circulation, would give newer players who missed out on the item initially a slim chance of getting something cool that wouldn't undermine the current market value. Perhaps taking a few in the raffle house once in a while again or making it drop from an ultra rare makes me sad to think about having to save up and spend $35 million just to get a tiny plastic sword because I want one really badly. Yeah, but you wouldn't want it so badly if it wasn't so hard to get. And that's a thing that nobody ever wants to hear. <laughs> um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to make uh, an analog to the tiny plastic sword, and it'll be next year's con item. Yeah, that is a great idea. Uh, I wouldn't upset anybody at all. Um, yeah, you know... It's not a bad idea putting in a tiny, tiny chance of a tiny plastic sword dropping out of something, maybe someday. I don't know. Right. Uh, let's see. Alex Frog says, The Stompbox uh, use was actually a fix for a significant problem in Speed Hardcore right now, which is, if you get a Teleportitis gate, you can simply hunt for one non-combat in the Greater Than sign and get Teleportitis from it and then pass the gate. But if you don't get lucky with a Teleportitis gate, you have to unlock the DoD and get potions, which takes way longer. Save a 1 in 8 or whatever chance of saving a, saving a bunch of turns off, off of your run. Other runs that don't get lucky with a Teleportitis gate have trouble competing. Stompbox gate was a, or Stompbox bug was a partial fix. It greatly increased the chance that you could get the right potion without having to do the unlock. So now more than half of runs have the good luck needed to compete much better than only a few runs. Uh, 
I don't know that even the people who care about that would necessarily agree with you on that. Right? Like, is a one in... Like, imagine that there is an ultra-rare that shaves a bunch of turns off of your run. Like, I, I have to imagine that maybe, like... Let's imagine, for the sake of argument, I know nothing about this fucking game at the high level, right? But let's imagine that getting a counterclockwise watch to drop in run reduces your day count enough to make you competitive at a level that you weren't competitive before, right? So if you could spend one turn and get a counterclockwise watch, you would totally do it because then that run would be unassailable versus runs that didn't have that happen. And that thing has a one in a billion chance of actually paying off Right? right, you can try to spend a turn in the battlefield, and if not, then well, guess that's not going to happen. And since it only has a one in a billion chance of paying off, then you're not going to be upset when it doesn't. You're not going to think this is a thing that needs to be dealt with. This is a serious problem in hardcore speed ascension that needs to be fixed. So I don't think a one in two chance of giving your run this huge advantage is actually an eight chance of giving your run this advantage. Right, I think it it actually makes it more of a problem. Certainly, if it was a one in eight thousand chance, it wouldn't be worth dealing with. And at some point on that continuum, there is a point at which it becomes a real problem. I mean, it is you know, it is as real a problem. It becomes a perceptual problem, right? It becomes a problem that people complain about. It becomes a problem that upsets people, makes them complain, makes them complain because they are upset and because that means that something is bad and needs to be fixed, right? <laughs> Which it is arguably in these cases a thing. Um, the trouble that I think we ran into before in situations like this that always made me so angsty about them was not being very good at fixing things for the 1% in a way that didn't make things worse for the 99. Sure. And I think we've gotten way better at that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at this at this point in our uh, in our careers, um, yeah. So I don't I don't know about all that. Even still, Stompbox bug was just so clearly a bug, <laughs> and like that would just be a weird thing. Like having this weird ascension advantage that got conveyed via a weird behavior that you had to know about on an item in the month that was like already balanced or at least attempted to be balanced without that, like. Yes. Um, Mr. Chloe says about the bind on equip drum. A part of it for me as a hardcore player is the difference between a bind on equip item that will see a ton of use in all game modes for years to come, like tomes, and an aftercore only novelty item I might equip once a year on Halloween for the flavor. Maybe a solution to clans passing it around issue might be to change the feature that allows people in hardcore or Ronin to receive K mailed items of the month to use immediately. Wait, what? Huh. I don't understand that question. Is that a thing that happens? I don't think so. And th it wasn't a it wasn't in uh, an in Ronin thing. It wasn't that this thing was useful in run and was going to get passed around. This thing was useful in aftercore and was going to get passed around at a time when there's the least barrier to entry to passing it around. Right, like seeing the extent to which many hundreds of times as many accounts adventure with bottle rocket crossbows as their primary equipment then gave us money for bottle rocket crossbows makes me a little angry right and i'm not going to say like well fuck you you can't actually let your buddy borrow your bottle rocket crossbow you know I, although maybe i am maybe that's what i did with this um 
But the the fact that this unlocks some potentially useful and valuable X times per day thing means that it it would have just been trivial to only get one for all of your clannies and multis. And it it would have just been a bad move, right? We had to do the unpopular thing for the long-term sustainability of the business. <laughs> uh, and uh, who knows, you know? I mean, maybe the maybe the ill will engendered by this made us sell less. I we weren't planning on selling very many of these things because we were just like, hey, let's just do like a low pressure item of the month that we don't have to we don't have to you know choke on our own dicks trying to balance it, and uh, let's do one where we choke on each other's dicks instead. Mm. Um, you know, because the the clip art tome did well enough that we we're like, yeah, you know, I feel pretty comfortable doing an equipment uh, item of the month this month because those are easy and it gives us a chance to do something we don't normally do. Uh, because they don't make us any money. Um, so, you know, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. It might see some use. You might, you might be, you might be angry <laughs> later. Yeah. Uh, can I humbly request, says Clid, some shiny new prizes in the raffle house. There's a bunch of unfunny gameplay and market reasons. The mutant familiars and depleted grimacide items are all played out, but I think you'd prefer some game world narrative reasoning. So, with the grimacide meteor buried slash out to sea, why are the penguins still writing plans to do things with it? And what's making all the desert animals mutate into moon-friendly monsters? I think that's something that I just forget about for months at a time. The raffle house stuff? Yeah. Or that pl- that plot point? I mean, No, the fact I'm- that the raffle house exists. Yeah, although the last set of things that we did, we were just like, yeah, let's do this and not make any plans to change it, right? And just because it's changed in the past, people think that we have plans to change it. And we didn't want to say we're doing this and we don't have any plans to change it because that would have dramatically decreased its efficacy as a meat sink in the early days when people were excited about it. Because they wouldn't have been nearly as excited about it. There wouldn't have been nearly as brisk a trade in those things. There wouldn't have been nearly as much market shakeup if they had not had, you know, if we hadn't basically just, like, lied to people, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, we never we never stick to those guns any more than we stick to any of our other guns, so sure, we'll change those someday. Two weeks. Um, hi, guys, says Scully Angel. Are the mini pearly gates plotting something? They look like they might be hungry. Uh, also, I got a big kick out of the plastic vampire fangs. The Vlad text made me wonder, does somebody on staff own a Bichon Fries? I've been dog-sitting one. My sincere sympathies to anyone who owns one of these Hellspawns. You know, I had to look that up, because I did not know what that was. I was just looking for a dog that somebody who's, like, old and rich and fussy would have. Mm. I guess, like, Chihuahua seemed kind of overplayed and Poodle seemed too obvious. I don't know. Yeah, I only know more, what that dog more is. like like uh, de- like de- uh, debutante yeah. kind of dogs now, also. All I know about... The only reason that I know that's what that dog is called is because there's one in Shrek 2. Mm. So I was like, oh, yeah, Bichon Frise, kind of an annoying yapper-type dog. I, uh, I saw Shrek 2 and I didn't remember that. All I remember is the Starbucks being crushed and everybody running out of it into the Starbucks across the street. Right. And getting mad when people suggested that it's written the same way KOL is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't mad. I was just like, what, really? <laughs> um, yeah. I did come up with the... I came up on, on last night's Advice Hot Dog, I came up with such a good dog name that I am almost tempted to get a dog just so I can have a dog named this. Oh, really? Randy Macho Dog Savage. 
Yep, that's yeah. You you definitely agree that that's a name that I would think was a good dog name. Right, right. You know, you'd have to call it that. You'd have to call it by its full name every time you addressed it in order for that to be a good dog name. Yeah, I guess I think you'd end up eventually just calling it Savage, and then people would think you were just some douchebag who called his dog Savage. Yeah, I'd be like a, like a UFC fan. Uh, no, 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 or, it's, or, it's after Dan Savage. <laughs> right, right. Uh, noted uh, bigoted transphobic prick. Yeah. Oh, boy. I love it when people turn on people. <laughs> I, you know, I do maintain, that, like, th- this is pretty much going to be the basis of my philosophy from now on. My, my earlier observation that if I knew everything, I would hate everyone. So my goal from now on is just to learn as little new stuff as possible. Right on. So that I can still have some respect for some people. Uh, Deadhead says, would you guys ever consider doing a Christmassy type holiday that isn't Crimbo? The Hanakimbo Dreidel is a thing in the game, so maybe some year we could take a break from saving Crimbo and spend time exploring a different made-up holiday. (sighs) We talk about that every once in a while, but like... It seems, I don't know why, but it seems like it would be way more difficult for us to write a parody of Hanukkah than to write parodies of Christmas stuff because the the culture of Christmas has been so comprehensively mined by the pop culture that we've been exposed to that we just have this vast array of things to draw from. Right. Uh, which I don't I don't think that there necessarily is with Hanukkah. There's, I mean, there's definitely the Adam Sandler more, Hanukkah song. Yeah. There's Adam Sandler's movie Eight Crazy Nights. Was that a real thing? Yeah. He made a cartoon about Hanukkah a while back. Oh. A while while uh, back. there's the there's the South Park stuff about being a, a Jew on Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like Christmas is not about the Christmas as we approach it as Crimbo is not about Christianity as fundamentally as I think Hanukkah is about Judaism. Christmas is a holiday at this point with an optional religious component. Right. And this is a religious holiday. I, I could be wrong about Hanukkah not being that way, but I don't think I'm wrong about that. You don't see a lot of people who say, well, you know, I'm not a Jew, but I still celebrate Hanukkah. Whereas I think there are probably a decent amount of agnostics and atheists who still give presents and have a tree. Yeah. I don't know. Like Every time I've thought about doing a Hanukimbo thing, I think, well, okay, what would that entail? Like, well, some kind of dreidel spinning game. Some kind of lamp that doesn't run out of oil. Um, some potato pancakes. And then I just kind of stop, you know, like a, a menorah and eight gifts. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't see a, a real big draw there for our game. But, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to do what we're going to do with Crimbo this year. And I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, it's weird. It's weird the way things develop, you know, mm. It's weird. It's weird the the weight of tradition that that you get. The problem is also with Crimbo. I we told this story for like six years, 
and then it's kind of over. Yeah. So I don't know. I was all about in a way in a way that it never really was before, right? I mean, like it. There's always a wrap up, but it's always sort of a cliffhanger. Like this one didn't really last year didn't really end with a cliffhanger, right? Right. I figure that it we should have just gone right back to. uh, I think it was two thousand five. Because, you know, Uncle Crimbo's in charge, so he's probably going to have some labor disputes with the elves, and... Right. Maybe he can jump in and protest, and then we would have just established, like, a, a six-year cycle for Crimbo. Yeah. Like I don't the know Matrix. The, I don't know how the Borg would fit in that, but, yeah. Or the Dark Tower, like, the like you, you this time this time you have a horn. Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> Lars says, as I just learned firsthand, the apathetic lizard man can't be stomped into paste. When told to stomp, the boots just attack as when facing a boss. Bugger feature. Would the lizard man actually be a boss level fight if, it, if he could be bothered to put forth the effort? I think it is possible that the monsters that are in the daily dungeon are marked as bosses for some reason. Uh, for some reason that I don't remember. The apathetic lizard man is marked as a boss and I don't know why um what else is in there like the pencil golem pencil golem is in there and he's not marked as a boss might be an accident I guess but I'm reluctant to unmark it because there might be a reason that the apathetic lizard man is marked as a boss that it's Eltheron gets mad when we do things like this because like and you know he's probably right uh, on on a sort of like a fundamental logical level, as as he is about a lot of things, but uh, he's also got that problem that people who've never actually dealt with things in a production environment have, where they're like, no, it's really important that all these things be theoretically sound, huh. um, and it's like, no, it's important that a video game exists that people can play, and uh, to do that, you got to make some compromises in your implementation. Um. Being flagged a boss means things that it didn't used to mean, and it doesn't mean certain things that it used to mean, and it got used as a convenient shorthand for certain things before there were ways uh, for us to, like, uh, do things like, you know, like making bosses unputtyable. Maybe we did that, and then we eventually realized, all right, the other stuff that we want to make unputtyable, we can't just keep marking it bosses because that does other stuff. So we should probably make a no putty feature, but the ones that we'd already marked bosses in the meantime were marked bosses and they were working. So when we went to unmark, it's like, eh, I don't remember if I did it for this reason or for some other reason. And, you know, things things stick around and, you know, who knows if there's a good reason for it to be that way. Uh, not me right now, so I'm not going to uncheck that box. So yeah, cannot stomp the apathetic lizard man right yet. Uh, Choo Choo writes, is the chance of making huge and ginormous pumpkins smashable into normal pumpkins still something that's on the radar? I I looked at that and there was a reason that I didn't do it right then and I don't remember what that reason was. Um, the been ones that are that, yeah. usable... I think it is because it is not it is not trivial to add an additional use link to use something in a different way because normally make it so you can use it involves writing use code. Oh, did we lose you? Did we lose everything? And we still got streams. Yeah, we lost that call. 
Sorry, that was a that was in the middle of a fantastic. Let's call him back. See what happens. He's not ringing. What's going on? Check. Check. I'm only an elected official. I can't do it by myself. Huh. That's not working. Um. Okay, well, um. Sure. Hello? That doesn't even want to ring. Why, that's peculiar. Um, what do you say we uh, listen to MC Front a lot for a sec and I'll see if I can get a hold of him and see what. Yep, I'm panicking. Uh, Jake is having connectivity issues and is trying to resolve them. Oh, there's got to be something I can talk about while he's gone, uh, so we'll just wait. Um, we talked about pumpkins, and at some point, I feel like at some point that's going to happen. I keep pushing for that because I keep screwing up and uh, ending up with dozens and dozens of ginormous pumpkins. Uh, whoa. Something happened. Um, Erosion Seeker says, can we have a fish stick chef stave that reduces pressure, penalty, and increases spell damage to the tune of 150%? I mean, come on, it's harder to get a fish stick than it is to grab, say, a ram stick. Um, you know, that's kind of funny. I'm always looking for ways, like... Well, I'll get Jake on the we'll Hey, buddy. It. Hey, it's back. I don't know what that was all about. My uh, laptop suddenly decided that it didn't want to connect to the wireless anymore, and I thought maybe it was because the router needed to be bounced or whatever, but then everything else was working, and I don't even know. I don't even know anymore, uh, man. I, I booted the laptop, and it's fine. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what the last thing you heard me say was. We were talking about, what, the pumpkin stuff, Pumpkins? right? Yeah. I feel like you were midway through explaining something when it dropped out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was talking about how I don't know. Uh, it was the adding an additional use uh, link and use case to a thing that already has use code is was not trivial uh, in a way that adding it to something that wasn't usable would have been. Right. So that's why I do it. Um, let's see. I uh, read the Erosion Seeker's question about the fish stick chef stave. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for ways to mitigate the sea in a way that will get people interested in playing it. So, that's yeah, Yeah, we need, to, we need to look at that stuff. <laughs> um, let's see. Can I have a spleen counter, says Neon Gray? Pancakes? Or possibly a mile? You can you have, have a billion meat pancakes if you ask me when I'm drunk. Pancakes. Pancakes, canpakes, fish stick, chef stave. Uh says, one of you has mentioned the film one of you has mentioned the film Eagle vs. Shark on Thursday show and were completely ignored. I've seen it too and have your back. It is worth a watch for sure. Um, I've not seen Eagle vs. Shark. Me neither. As in Loth says, how about a way that organizes people on your contact list into custom-made groups? Would be helpful to people who have lots of people on their contact list. You know, I would actually sort of enjoy that feature myself. 
Uh, Josh the Sauce Lives says, Can we have a consumable uh, item that gives good adventures but randomly fills spleen, liver, or stomach, like playing roulette with your digestions? <laughs> that's kind of funny. Uh, can we get a scavenger hunt set up like the bastard offspring between Bounty Hunter Hunter and the Going Postal Quest, possibly for a point of karma? Oh, quests. We should have a quest that just randomly generates ten items that you need to get in an order to we get have a, in. We should have code that randomly generates quests. Uh, insomnia seasonal challenge path. Huh. Like, you don't get to sleep, so you can never rest at your campsite, uh, which would affect people really, really deeply, and uh, you don't get any rollover adventures. Right. Mm. Uh, Grimtooth says, can you guys please do something about south of the border? Such a useless place. This mandatory in-run and has horrifying combat raids. I just failed a four-day run in Fiskor because a handsome mariachi refused to appear and drop the necessary item for the lair gate. While this RNG swinginess has made me especially bitter about it, I've always loathed having to go there for a random item. It just seems so out of place. I don't think it seems out of place. I mean, it's a location that wasn't really designed, right? Like, it was designed around the jokes that we wanted to make. And I'm not sure that it was balanced for gameplay. Or was yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, I. Uh, though with other zones that people complain about, like the Knoll or whatever, I can see why they complain about them because, like, all right, there are like 15 monsters in the Knoll. And we don't normally do that, right? Like, that was just like, that was the number of ideas I had when I was making up Knolls. Right. Uh, this one is not. This, I mean, south of the border is like a, like a latter-day KOL zone. I mean, I think the non-combat rate is high, which frustrates people, but, like, you hardly ever get a chance to sort of flex your non-combat reduction muscles. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't... Like, I think you're upset about it because it just screwed you, but, like, I don't know that it's, like, a widespread problem, right? Like, you can always go moxie sign if you want to just skip it completely. Hmm. Um, and that's one of the advantages. I mean, same as same as muscle sign and the knoll. It's like, which one of those things do you want to deal with? Do you, uh, yeah. I think it's just because there are at least five of the Chicle kids. I think maybe if we got yeah. rid of one of those, we should pick the least funniest one of those and get rid of it. Yeah, but I mean, reducing the number of non-combats doesn't change the rate at which you get the non-combats, right? Oh. Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. Because it's just picking one mm-hmm. of the of the ones. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Giarch says he would also love a way to organize people into custom-made groups. I don't like to believe people I think are scammers so I can watch them. And having a separate type of contact for them, possibly a different color in chat, would be really helpful. Um, yeah. Also, you mentioned that no one plays Alice's Army, and you're right. Uh, the problem is the the only reward is much more easily attained through the mall. Would you be against having some purely cosmetic item that can only be one? Jesus Christ, Giarge, what is the matter with you today? Uh, by being on the top of the AA board? Or perhaps you were being nice. Uh, if you were being nice, the top player on the board who does not have one. We had talked about there being leaderboard rewards for that, and then... Wait, are there? Do we give? Do we give rewards for people being on the leaderboard? I guess if we did that, but then we did that and then made it tradable because we got scared. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know, man. I've. Uh, I mean, what I wanted to do with Alice's Army was make something that didn't really tie into gameplay at all. Yeah. And I guess like we succeeded at doing that, and we but we added the thing that tied into gameplay, but then made it so you could get it in the mall. 
I don't know, like, if we had just a week where nothing else was going on except doing an Alice's Army booster pack, then I think that would get people back into playing it just for the sake of it being a fun game to play. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the odds of that happening are low. I mean, the, the the problem with making a fun game to play within KOL is that we're not going to be able to make a game that is as fun to play as the game that you're already playing when we give you the opportunity to play this game, right? Like, and and so it's going to have the the lifespan that a game has, you know? I mean, yeah. people play Alice's Army, they have fun with it, and then they stop. I guess the problem now is with nobody playing it, it's impossible for anybody new to get into it and check it out right. because they can't get a game going. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're 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 right about the uh, the expansion thing. Like, it was it was a super fun like challenge to do that. You know, like I d- and a lot of people had a lot of fun, and you know, we we sold items of the month that month, and like I, you know, I think it was it was a success by every measure except longevity. Yeah, but like I don't I don't hear people talking about regretting buying it. You know. Hmm. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, another question for our fearless leader, says the Dog Delusion. I really like the areas like Spooky Raven Manor and the Pirate's Cove, areas where there's a bit of running around and questing in order to unlock all the subzones that can be adventured in. Are there plans to do more things like this in the future? Flesh out the lair of the Ninja Snowman into a full-fledged pagoda? Expand the funhouse into an enormous circus-based zone? Even tinkering with south of the border area, since Grimm hates it so much, so that it's an entire area, complete with subquests and new and improved drops? I don't know if this is too much to ask, or whether you guys hate designing areas like this, but it's a lot of fun to adventure in areas like that. I mean, I, I I am reluctant to add additional zones. Well, I say that I'm not. <laughs> I say, I mean, I'm reluctant to add additional zones to the like main path of progression through the game. But like, you know, I think it would be awesome to do a, an entire unlocked layer of the Ninja Snowman. You know, it's just like, is that what we're gonna do? with the limited time that we have, I don't know if it is or not, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, that's one that is, it would be ripe for the picking because it's not integral to a quest line. I don't know, you know, I don't know how serious we are about including it in the in the McLarchy revamp. Um, but, you know, sure, why not? <laughs> I don't, I'm not, like, reluctant to do it, I guess. I Like... I added a couple zones in the knob, I guess, right? Aren't there zones that weren't there before? I don't the think barracks. so. The barracks is new. Yeah. That wasn't a thing before, was it? No, it wasn't. Let me look at this. The, the yeah, knob really the felt like streamlining. Like, it didn't feel like... I added complexity to the thing. I mean, because I, I, I think you could basically go through it the same as you could before. It was slightly different at the very high end of optimality, how you had to play it, but I think that's fine. You know? Um, I enjoyed uh, draw, drawing it. I like the way it looks now a lot better than I like the way it looked before. Well, it certainly does. Um, yeah, anyway. I, I like areas like Spooky Raven Manor and the Pirate's Cove also. Uh, let's see. Should we make an announcement that we're not changing the anniversary familiars this year? Because we keep, uh, we keep talking about it on the radio, but we haven't said it anywhere else, and we keep getting people saying, "Guy, you guys are late on those." Yeah, uh, I don't know. 
Um, did we like why why are people expecting those to go away? I mean, that's because we've done it in the past, right? Yeah. Like it's not it's not like we said we were going to do it. It's just that we always have. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, may- maybe. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Plucky asks, uh, any plans to improve Little Canada, Little Canada? Uh, currently, its only main attractions are, its only main attractions, uh, one, access to the jewelry store, which is instantly made useless in all types of runs due to only being the only place to have higher quality jewelry. Uh, uh, okay. A food shop that randomly rotates between items daily, a mind control device that boosts monster level globally by 0 to 11, the usual gym, and a combat area not many people would explore and run. Uh, compared to other signs, it seems to have the short end of the stick. And then talks about these other things that we didn't really care about when we were designing the sign areas, right? Um, what, Moxie has the clockwork arena, which I don't think anybody does anything with in run either. Um... Maybe I'm wrong, I guess. I, yeah. While I agree that it could use some buffing, um, I'm not sure which direction to approach that from. Because the things that make the signs good, make the other sign areas good, are not things that were like part of the vision that we had for making those things in the first place. So it's not an easy thing to like come up with a, a similar but separate thing that's like that. Uh, Belly16 says any chance of some sort of personal best ascension statistics being shown on profiles just something showing the players best softcore hardcore etc on their profile it could be disabled by those that don't want to show these this could even be listed on the ascension history page or something I mean I'm no leaderboard speedster but I'd still like to be able to show off my moderately sized EP thanks guys love your work you know what I thought after reading this question a thing that I thought about that I think would actually be pretty cool is if if mini pearl had a list of comments that she had that were like, oh, wow, that's the fastest you've ever done this, or whatever. Hmm. Like, I think it might be, I, it might make people happy. Like, if we just pointed out weird things, it's like, oh, you've never you've never kept one familiar with you as long as you kept old Sparky in that run, or whatever. Just just like a little bit of flavor that's actually in the, in the game's fiction that I think, I think that'd be pretty neat. I think that would make people happy to see acknowledgement of, of beating records that they cared about. Right. Um, oh, let's see. Psyche says, Jack, listening to your comic mumbling of people's names on these shows is a consistent pleasure, and you were in fine form last Monday. I'm curious. You're a content guy, not a business guy, and yet here you are owning a company. How did you learn the business end of things? All the tax stuff, employment laws, insurance, and I don't even know what else you have to manage. I know there are some half a dozen asymmetric employees we never hear much about, so do you just have people who do all that stuff for you? Uh, no, no. Um, Zly handled it all until Zly didn't handle it all anymore, and then stuff took over most of the stuff that I don't really want to know about. I mean, the first thing that I did was get an accountant uh, who more or less explained all of the tax stuff, right? So that, that like, the tax aspects of running a business are basically just, like, write them checks when they when you're supposed to. Like, knowing when to send those checks is... An accountant is like a lawyer in that regard, where it's like, all right, the reason that you need an accountant is because these tax laws are so complicated, and the reason that these tax laws are so complicated is because there are all these accountants uh, dealing with them. 
Um, employment laws, we still run afoul of those every once in a while, because I don't fucking know. Like, it turns out that uh, with Mr. Skullhead moving to Minnesota, we were supposed to start paying um, workman's comp insurance. And we didn't find out about that until some uh, state organization discovered his existence and then got in touch with us that's like hey now you owe all these late fees for not paying workman's comp insurance for and we were like what the fuck we didn't know that you had to pay workman's comp for people who work at home no we don't have to do it here none of the rest of us have to do it what how the fuck are we supposed to know this and uh yeah so now we have workman's comp insurance for you um it costs like a hundred bucks a year like but you know, I mean, a lot of it is a, a lot of it is trial and error. You know, you 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 just try and do your job, which is making video games, until somebody yells at you about some money bullshit that you don't care about, and then you figure out what you have to do in order to get them to stop yelling at you, so that you can get back to making video games. Um, insurance. We had a guy, and then he died. Uh, so now I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it like when. When you need to figure things out that involve you, like, giving somebody money, like, they are usually helpful, right? They, like, usually want to help you understand what it is that you need to do if what you need to do is buy something from them. You know, like insurance or whatever. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's it sucks. And, I like, I have ignored a lot of it in the past to my detriment. And, you know, and, and realistically, and the thing that makes me honestly feel bad about it, to the detriment of everybody else that I work with, it, in terms of just like, well, you know, if I had paid more attention to this, I could have avoided paying these late fees, and that would have been better for the long-term health of the company, right. you know? And it's like, only when I frame it as like, oh, you know, me making a mistake that costs the company money is actually meaningful for a bunch of people who rely on the company in order to put... Uh, food on their heads and a table under their mouths. Yeah. I don't know why I have that table under my mouth. It seems like an unnecessary expense. Yeah. kind of throws my neck out, too. It's, I mean, it's nice, but yeah, the mahogany just makes it heavier, and um... Grolly says, thanks for the phone scanner, Jick. I'm not sure why doing it was so hard for you, but thanks for doing it anyway. Transparency rocks, and I hate KOL Mafia. Uh... Along the same lines, inch mile, inch mile, inch mile, inch mile. Um... Southwest points out, yes, the thing will be addressed when the gates, along with the rest of the Naughty Sorcerer's Quest, are revamped. Uh, that's a ways away. Ways away. I didn't realize today was Columbus Day. I was like, what the fuck are all these flags doing in everybody's yard? And where's my mail? This is one of those uh, neighborhoods where the Boy Scouts come and put flags up everywhere. Well, American they put flags, flags up or? as long as you've given them some money. Right. I had to keep writing them notes. When I first moved here, they were like, don't worry, your flag dues are paid for the next year. So I had to keep leaving them notes, like, stop putting fucking flags in my yard. <laughs> like, I don't care that somebody paid for this. I don't... I Didn't hate America. Get, did you get in trouble for running up your Jolly Roger? No. I mean, well, yeah, I got in trouble with the Boy Scouts. They were <laughs> like... They gave me a stern talking to. Uh, no, were they well prepared I mean, for that? What they did was they, uh, they, you know, they they neatly folded up my Jolly Roger and placed it in a box <laughs> and left it at my door. Like, uh, you know what? They were the bigger men in this exchange. I think I will let them win. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. 
I think that's I think that's enough. It's 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 eight oh one. Oh no, it's ten oh one. It's sushi o'clock. Yes, it is. Um, oh, I lost my going out song because I had to play an additional song and then everything was bad. Yeah, sorry for sorry for those issues. That's okay, as long as they don't become subscriptions. Fine. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye bye.